and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Talking a little bit basketball here. Did you see the um, Woj report? What was it? A sprained ligament in his wrist for Giannis. Slapping the backboard there. Yeah. Will undergo treatment and return when pain subsides. That's a little vague. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that is. That's that's even more vague than one to two months. When's he going to be back? Uh, when he feels better. Yeah. Thank you. Let me write this down. pain subsides. That's when I'll be back, and you'll like it, sir. That sounds like a tool song, too. I need to be writing down all these. Yeah. could be a tool song. When, right. pain, when pain subsides is, is too many words for a yeah. title of a tool song, isn't it? It's, yeah, 46 yeah. and 2 is so much better. Yeah, okay. We'll, just, we'll, we'll let them keep doing what they do then. Uh, as far as the Phoenix Suns, you have Kevin Durant hopefully making his debut this Friday and talking about uh, Chris Paul. Over the All-Star weekend. Enthusiasm for the game. I think that goes underrated. CP really loves ball. You know, he's just like watching the game, like analyzing, um, like going through strategy and stuff. So I've been in a, uh, been a week there now, a couple practices, a few games, and he always pulling me to the side and we just talking hoop, you know. So I love that about him. And, um, you, know, he's, you know, but obviously on the floor, he can create so much for his teammates and for himself. It's only going to help us. You were talking about this a little bit earlier in the show, and it was really, really a fascinating topic. But think about it. Kevin Durant right now is not the old guy on the team. No. And he probably, I mean, he's he's still the most accomplished because he has a couple rings and a couple NBA Finals MVPs. I would say so. But he's not the only Olympian. And that's not new for him. He's played on teams with other Olympians. But he's not the old guy on the team. That's Chris Paul. So KD can come yeah, in and kind of... I doesn't, know. Everybody doesn't have to look up to him. Everybody probably still looks up to Chris Paul, although... There's like a ripple effect when KD walks into a room. And you heard that when Devin Booker and Monty Williams were talking about last week. Like, Kevin Durant walks into a room, even those guys are noticing what KD's here. (laughs) No, I know. And you can see that. That's why I cannot wait for Kevin Durant to actually be out on the floor Friday night. Lord willing, he's going to be out there. And if he is, I I think we're going to see some sparks flying. But what I love about this right now is the fact that you got Kevin Durant talking about the enthusiasm and the IQ that Chris Paul has for the game. And this is something that I know from being around locker rooms my entire life. This is something you really come to appreciate. People that love the game and know the game well enough to actually help you while you're competing in the game. Does that make sense? Yeah. Even Kevin Durant, you know, even Kevin Durant being around for as long as he is or has been, um, at some point in time, he's going to need a little bit of of advice. I'm sure he's going to need some kind of input as to what he could possibly do against however a team is playing the Phoenix Suns and how you might be able to capitalize off of that. I'm sure he respects the knowledge of Chris Paul. I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you how critical that really is to know that there's a guy who is out there competing with you that is an answer man. 
And I think Chris Paul, unless I'm mistaken, is an answer man. I like the dynamic that you have Chris Paul, who's won Olympic gold, and he won it with Kevin Durant. You have Devin Booker now has that experience as well, not on that 2012 team. But, I mean, you you have – that is not something – like, look, they get into a Game 7 in the second round of the playoffs against Golden State or something. It's not going to be, well, you know what? Game seven is not going to be played. We're just going to go by which team has more gold medals. I, I get that. But that is not something most teams have. Mm. That sort of, and, and you've got it in, like, not different generations necessarily, but, like, you've got the Chris Paul late 30s. You've got the Kevin Durant, who's not even 35 yet, you know? I mean, I know sometimes you look at the trade and you're like, oh, they traded for a 34-year-old. It's 2023, 34-year-old basketball player. Can, can be in his prime, yes. especially if they're Kevin Durant. And you got Devin Booker, who is, you know, eight, nine years younger than Kevin Durant. You've got U.S. Olympic basketball covered from so many different angles. <laughs> and I just wonder, I mean, I don't, you can't question this team's leadership. This team's going to have some of the best leadership of any team in the NBA. They just haven't all played together yet on the Suns, but two of them have. Yeah, you know, I... <laughs> I just to me, you, you're listening to you talk. It makes me think, oh my goodness, they have Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker. And not, it's weird, not, isn't not it? in that order right there either. I'm just saying they have those guys. But Minnesota has Jaden McDaniels. Right? Don't forget that. Stop it. And all I'm thinking of is if you're locked in enough. Who said that? Who said that? If you're locked in enough, it can happen pretty fast. That was Kevin Durant who actually was saying that right now. Do you think he's coming into this situation locked in? Do you think he's coming in with the same type of of expectation and anticipation that we might actually have? Is he going to be locked in? That's the only question. Is he going to be locked in? Kevin Durant. On this team, I believe yes is the answer to that. He's going to be locked in, which is one of the reasons why he said that. If you're locked in enough, it can happen pretty fast. Talking about a team going out and becoming a team. Not just a collection of talent, but becoming a team. I... You think Devin Booker feels that way? Yeah, you know what? If you're locked in enough, yeah, they're gonna. These guys are gonna be locked in. Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and then hopefully everybody else. Well, yeah, you don't have a choice. And if you're anybody else in the team, you need to get locked in, or you probably won't be here next year if if your contract allows it, right? Because this is all in. This is. <laughs> there's there's no middle ground now. When you trade away two of your best young players and a bunch of picks for Kevin Durant, there's not any, well, you know, we had a good season. We, we, we gave it a good run in the Western Conference Finals, and we pushed somebody to Game 7. No, no. <laughs> you went all in. If you don't win the title this year, guys are going to get cleared out that didn't help you win it before next year because yeah. you have that that – Certainly the big three, and I would argue the core four, unless DA is just horrible in the playoffs. The core four. That you're, uh, and I mean, it rhymes, so we have to go with it, right? Uh, real, it's so good, Real Luke. quick, this. <laughs> Pretty sure I didn't come up with that. Uh, Kevin Durant from uh, All-Star Weekend talking about trade requests in the NBA because this is the other dynamic here. The Suns are going to have a target on their back now. I don't think it's bad for the league. It's bringing more eyes to the league. More people are more excited. The tweets that I got in the the, the the news hits that we got from me being traded, Kyrie being traded, just bring more attention to the league. And that's really what makes you money is when you get more attention. So um, I think it's great for the league, to be 
honest. Teams been trading players and making acquisitions for a long time. Now when a player can, you know, uh, kind of dictate where he wants to go and leaving free agency or demand a trade, it's just part of the game now. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's bringing more and more excitement um, to the game. So I'll say this, Wolf. Um, my perception of Chris Paul when the Suns traded for him, great player. And it really feels strongly one way or the other. Like if I'm rooting for Chris Paul in a, in a random playoff game when he's on Houston or whatever. KD I've always really liked. But a lot of people don't nationally yeah. around the league because yeah. he went to Golden State. And a lot of people don't like Chris Paul. And a lot of people <laughs> don't like the favorite. And a lot of people don't like trades to make your team that much better unless it's their team. Yeah. So the Suns, even though Devin Booker is, is pretty infinitely likable around the league, I think, not to Dallas fans, but in general, <laughs> they're going to be a team that a lot of people are rooting against in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I think you're right about That's that. That's different. Oh, you're right about that. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be Phoenix Suns haters. Can I just say quickly right now, too, as a former professional athlete, um, this is just me right here. Um, you're a mercenary. You should you should go out and play as hard as you possibly can, and don't worry about demanding trades. I, that's the one thing I take exception to. Just go out and do your job. You signed a contract to make X amount of dollars by playing for this team for X amount of years. Your your goal should be to complete that contract and finish that contract. Period. I'm sorry. The ultimate mercenary. You don't get to dictate where you want to go. Well, you do in the NBA in 2023. At least at least Durant kept playing. Yeah, but Brooklyn. don't ask me to condone that. Well, it sucks buttermilk to me. I don't disagree with that. Uh, when we come back, the Cardinals' new head coach is starting to sound a lot like my co-host. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, mock draft. Okay, I'm just going to read you the top five picks, and I'm going to tell you, I really hope Daniel Jeremiah is horribly wrong with his mock draft. Okay. Okay. Here's yeah. how it goes real quick. Chicago Bears first pick, they take Jalen Carter. Okay. Jalen Carter. Carter. Well, that's nice. One. That leaves Will Anderson there. So for the he obviously is not, um, he's not including trades in this. Correct? Yeah, no, he's not. And, and I, I kind of like that for the purposes of mock drafts because it's already such a crapshoot that if you're going to sit here and project trades, oh, yeah. maybe with the first pick, but don't be like, oh, the 27th pick's going to get dealt for three third rounders. I know exactly. When they do that, I just go... There's, how about the guys that, that project all seven rounds with trades? Like, dude. I, I know. Stop it. All right, so he has Jalen Carter going to the Bears at one. All right, that's fine. He has Bryce Young going to the Texans at two. I have some Bryce Young questions, but I also don't care if the Texans win or lose, so that's fine. Okay. Yeah, right. Number three. All right, here we go. Cardinals. Tyree Wilson out of Texas Whoa. Tech. Whoa. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, where's Will Anderson? That, that, well, he doesn't go fourth to the Colts because they take C.J. Stroud. So then he goes oh, fifth to the wow. Seahawks. Oh, no. Wow. No, no, oh, no. 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 No, I don't like that at all. That is not allowed to happen. Wow. Um, no. I would not be happy right now. Listen, no. I haven't 
sat around and watched tape on all these guys. Um, certainly not to the extreme I will when we hit March and the combine comes rolling along. Then you start really paying attention to a lot of this stuff, right? There may be some draft nicks that are out there. Do you consider yourself to be a draft nick? I do not, but do I, not. I do like to get really into it. I don't know what a draft nick is. Well, he just some um, psycho that likes to oh, sit no. around and watch nothing but tape all day long. No, no, I'm not oh, Mel okay. Kuyper Jr., but but I, I, I like, especially when the Cardinals are picking this high in the first and second round. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to want to at least know a lot about the top See, I 50 just, players. I, I honestly, Basinonians, if you've listened to me over the years, you just know I, I, I'm sorry. It's a meritocracy. The National Football League is a meritocracy. I continue to talk about it. You get what you deserve based on what you've done. Don't tell me about what you did. Tell me about what you've done now here at this level in the National Football League. Don't tell me about what you did in college. Now, also, if people have listened to you, Wolf, they've heard something like this. Okay, I'm going to read this. This is uh, Peter King, who joined us earlier in the show. If you missed that, it was, it was Peter King's always really good. You can go find the uh, podcast uh, where you always, I assume, listen to the podcast, The Wolf and Luke Show. But this, um, this is from his Football Morning in America story, talking to Jonathan Gannon. And this is Jonathan Gannon's response to a question about Kyler Murray. Okay? Yeah. Quote, if Kyler Murray isn't here, I don't take this job. I think this offense will look much different. This guy does things that it completely handcuffs you how you play defense at times. I think we can take him to another level and unleash his full skill set. We're not going to put him in gun all the time. I'll tell you that. We'll have two significant offenses with the skill set, one being under center and one being in the gun. Hmm. Then obviously we're going to do what's comfortable with him. The way to take pressure off the quarterback in the O-line is to put him under center at times. That's the missing piece I thought they had with Kyler. They they were in gun all the time. When you're in gun all the time, you don't make the defense defend certain play types. Now, when you get him under center, the defense has to defend a lot more type of play types. So there's really two offenses I see us using, unquote. My work here is done. <laughs> That's what I wrote down on my notes. I could not help it, Basin Onions. Um, I, I want to make this really, really clear. I, I'm not one of these guys that champions my victories and ignores my defeats. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, it makes me feel good to confess uh, where I was wrong. It does. You actually it's, champion your defeats. It, it, I've, heard, I've heard you do it. <laughs> it just kind of feels so hey, good. Did you hear how wrong be, I was yesterday? To, to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, it is, and I'm wrong. It's my opinion. I don't care. I'm going to give it to you, and it's going to be 100% mine. It's going to be genuine, but it doesn't make me right all the time. It doesn't make me right half. It doesn't make me right. It just makes it mine. And I will always, base on audience, I will always give you my opinion, true opinion, on how I feel about things. And this right here, when I read this, this comment from Peter King, I was blown away. It was uh, it was as if I wrote it myself in regard to how I would want Jonathan Gannon to answer that question. <laughs> this is this is incredible. This is great news. Now again, it's not like they're going to go out and put Kyler under center forty times in a game. They don't have to do that. They have to go out and do it enough times where it leaves an impact on the defense and where the defense has really got to prepare for it all week long. You got to go out and you got to be capable of putting them under center the entire game if you want. 
Because if that's what it's going to take to beat your opponent, if that's what it's going to take to defeat a defense, you've got to be capable of doing it. Just like if, oh, you know what? This defense, no, we're not going to put Kyler on our center. We're going to go shotgun a lot in this game. you got to be capable of doing that the entire game. If they're not good against the shotgun and the RPOs and the zone reads, if they're not good against that stuff, you got to be able to exploit them. you got to be whatever you need to be to beat your opponent. And if that is a blending of the two, that's what it takes to beat them on any given Sunday, then that's what it's got to be. I just really like the defensive perspective on this. And again, it's obviously not the first time we've heard this because you've been saying it on this show for two years, even when things were going well for the Cardinals. over two years I've been talking about it. But when we would have Lorenzo Alexander in here, he would give us that defensive perspective, which, again, as I said earlier, I never played defense in the NFL, but I, I like to try and use logic wherever applicable, right? Applicable. I don't know. Applicable. Is it applicable? Applicable. I don't know. That applicable. You saying both versions didn't applicable. clear it up for me. Yeah, I know. Well, if you're from the East Coast, you'd say that. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we didn't get that cleared up. I like the defensive, and obviously Jonathan Gannon brings that defensive perspective when he's sitting there saying, as a defense, the Cardinals were basically making Kyler Murray a lot less dangerous last year. Something you've been screaming for over two years. Something Lorenzo Alexander has been saying. Something I've been saying. I'm sure a lot of Cardinals fans were saying it by the, certainly the end of two seasons ago where it was like, boy, it sure seems like the Rams know exactly what's coming. And then last year as the season played out, it was, boy, it sure seems like everybody yeah. knows exactly what's coming. And you know what? That is great. I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly what we want you to think. You know what's coming. When we go ahead and we put James Conner's toes, we line him up and we put him at seven yards, and here we go, downhill. He's attacking the line. Guess what? Oh, no. They're going to hand it off to James Conner. We better get up there and do something about it if we're playing inside linebacker, and all of a sudden, no, he didn't hand the ball off. See, that's exactly what they want you to think. You know what's coming. That's the that's the power of putting a quarterback under center and running the package of plays that come off the zone, the stretch play, whatever you want to call it. I call it the tackle zone. That's exactly what you want for them to think that's what you're doing. We know exactly what plays you're going to run. See, there's one problem. You got to almost guess if you're playing defense and guess right. If the offense is good enough at disguising it, you have to guess. And that's the power of it. Because on some plays, you're going to guess wrong. And you're going to pay for it. you got to be capable of doing it. Even though the defense knows what you're going to do. Execute it. Execute it right, and they can't stop it. First of all, play action is available, and it's the toughest thing to defend. Like, And as a defensive lineman, you have more of your playbook at your disposal under center than you do in the shotgun. Sure. Right? Like, the way we go into a meeting during the week is we have personnel groupings. We have a certain set number of plays that they run out of that personnel grouping. Yeah. They have a tendency slide where your tendencies are on first and second down. When you're under center, everything is available to you. You got the right? Game, you got play action game, you got screen game. T-
cost. So as a defensive lineman, and RC, I know you're going to get to the back end. As a defensive lineman, you now have um, uncondensed your ability to run whatever you want to run. I've opened when, up the barrel. When you get a shotgun, it's only a few things they do. Yeah. Look at the back deck. It's the, it's the back on the side of it. And even in protection, I, I tell y'all this all the time. When the back is set away, usually in shotgun, we know what yeah. the protection is. That's Marcus Spears. Uh, if that music doesn't convince you, I don't know what will. But, um, Wolf, I'll just I'll boil it down to this. I like the idea of making the defense hesitate. I like the idea of the defense having to second guess and like stop for just a split second. It's, yeah. it's like we were talking about this during the playoffs, right? When you're playing in the snow, who does that favor? That favors the offense because they know where they're going, and the yeah. defense has to kind of like, well, hold on. Right. This I'm is, reacting. Yeah. yeah. This is – make the defense think for a split second. You have one of the fastest players in the NFL with the ball in his hand every single play. Why wouldn't you use that to its fullest? Well, when you use an under-center approach and a shotgun approach, Basinonians, you can be whatever you need to be to beat your opponent. That's the power of it. That's why you've got to blend the old and the new. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back, back to Suns. What is uh, KD's early impression of DA? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, he gets some uh, some weird questions at NBA All-Star Media Day. All right. Like this one posed to Kevin Durant. KD. Not not hey KD, but you know, what's it like to play with Chris Paul? What's you know, how long have you wanted to be in Phoenix? Why did things go south in Brooklyn? What is it about that? No, no none of that. None of that. It was KD, if you were in a zombie apocalypse, which one of your teammates would you bring with? <laughs> and his answer was DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. Why no. do you think that is? Why? Okay, have you ever played Zombie Apocalypse? No, that's not the name of the game anyway. Oh, it isn't? No, no. What is it? So I, I mean, that's there's a lot of shows like that now. Oh, okay. I haven't watched uh, The Last of Us. I'm assuming like 90% of the audience has. Have you watched that? No. Maloney, have you watched it? No. Rick? <laughs> Rick's eyes say no. Okay, so. <laughs> so wait a minute. You, you thought 90% of us had watched that? 90% of the listening audience. Oh, okay. I'm not sure Command and Control is listening to yeah, us. Why would they? Okay, all three of us. Luke, I'm yeah. watching The Wire right now, which came like out like right 20 now? years ago. While we're talking, you're watching it? No, 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 no. But like, that's the show that I'm currently watching. Okay. So I'm really behind on my TV. That's, okay, that's fair. Well, well either way. When's The Mandalorian come out? That, that right there. Well, if we want to talk about what we're watching on TV, have you guys seen Full Swing? No, that's no. a ten. Follows a bunch of PGA Tour golfers around. Oh, I did. Oh, wow. I saw the trailer for that. I just saw. Did that's it, what I'm like, watching. I'm just came out, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Not watching zombie stuff like you. I'm not either. I don't watch zombie shows. Zombies. So this was not my question at NBA uh, All Star Media Day. By the way, we're all monsters. Which one are you? There's a question to ponder while I sit over here and talk about uh, Kevin Durant and DeAndre. Ayton. Um, you can only read so much into an answer like this. But I am fascinated by the 
the interplay. You are. You, you have been talking about this for the entire show. Well, because because KD is a different kind of guy. Now we're talking about one of the best players of all time, but okay. personality wise, and he's yes. you know he's more polished than Da certainly, and he's been in the league for a long time, and he's won titles and he's sure. won Olympic gold. And you know, look, well, you saw the press conference last Thursday that you couldn't hear half of it because the crowd was so fired up. But but KD's you know he's he's polished, but. Anybody that remembers KD when he first got into the league, he's a different guy. And he's still a kind of a different guy. DA is a different guy. I just wonder personality wise if like if KD could step in and sort of be the link between yes. DA and Chris Paul. I think we can yes. do this with all letters. Could KD be the link between DA and CP3? That's perfect. I don't even have to say names anymore. I'll just say a couple letters. KD, CP3, DA. Yeah. And book. Okay. D book. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, it's 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 a great question to ask. It really is. And when you brought this up and you were talking about why would he Kevin Durant, he he mentioned DA. He he thought of DeAndre Ayton and and he said it. And for me, it made me think immediately of the first game Kevin Durant was actually on the Suns bench. And the game that he played in, and DeAndre Ayton going out and ripping it up, DeAndre Ayton, 29 and 15, I believe. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, 29 and 15, ripping it up and playing like he was ready to go with deep knee bend and butt out and hands ready. The intensity level was there on both ends of the floor. And when it became apparent that DeAndre Ayton was dominating the game, I'll never forget there was a timeout. And suddenly Chris Paul walked, turned around and walked right up to D.A. and was saying something with a stern look on his face. Chris Paul was not going, you're the greatest guy in the world, with a big grin on it. He, he does typically not, do he was, he was saying something to DeAndre Ayton to encourage him. But it was, I'm serious, what I'm telling you right now. Whatever it was, the intensity was dripping off of Chris Paul. And then suddenly behind him, after Chris Paul looked to say something very serious to DeAndre Hayden, dapped him up and walked away, all of a sudden, KD came swooping in with a huge grin on his face and just totally dapped him up. Like, yeah, way to go, you know. So I'm wondering right now, is that the dynamic I just, I, I that did, we're going to get? Good I think cop, bad cop. We don't know. I don't think they know the dynamic yet. But that, to me, is the most interesting side story of all this. Because the Suns team last year was infinitely likable. The year before, very likable. Like the personalities, the way the personalities played off each other, the way Mikel Bridges was that glue guy. I still remember the, the Chris Paul story from last year. Yeah, we finally had a night off. And we got a break from each other and Mikel Bridges shows up at my house asking what we're going to eat for dinner. Like that sort of, that that link that this team had the last couple years that they now don't have because Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson are gone. What's the new personality of this team going to be? And Kevin Durant, I, I just, this is a little bit different for him. I think he's used to being everybody's big brother. And in this case, if you're just looking at Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, and most of this team other than Devin Booker, set him aside for a second. KD kind of gets to be the middle child. 
Whereas if he yeah. needs, if he needs to be like, hey, by the way, little guy, listen up. Or, you know, he can kind of be like, ah, you got into trouble with Chris Paul. I like it. He <laughs> I just, can. It's a different dynamic for KD. None of it is going to affect how he plays. But I just wonder what sort of personality this team's going to form over the next few weeks. Let's listen to D.A. I'm really speechless, to be honest. We got KD. Ain't that something? That's what I ask myself all the time. Only thing I can do is possibly just make sure I'm ready to play. Because he's going to come ready to play and do what he got to do every night. So me just making sure I'm an anchor on this team and you know just doing the right thing, doing the right things to contribute to a win. <laughs> See, this is what this is what I'm hoping for right here, man. This is what this entire beautiful part of the program is about. What kind of impact will Kevin Durant have on DeAndre Ayton? When a guy is willing, I I just have to come ready to play. (laughs) Whoa! Whoa! That is the light bulb going on in the shed. We got to get everybody on the court at the same time now. We like we got to see what this we got to see what this looks like. All right, when we come back, why did the Cardinals refuse to evolve that offense the last couple of years and is Drew Petzing the answer to evolving it now? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is from Ballers. You ever watch Ballers? It's not a zombie show. No. Okay. Just making sure. Even though I knew the answer to that question. Who stars in Ballers? The Rock. The Rock, yeah. Yeah. There's other people, but it was The Rock. It was Richard Mendenhall's show. He's the one that wrote it, or helped write it. Yeah. Or produced it. I don't know. He was involved in it. Was it a, what was it? Like he's a professional football player, ballers? He was a former, that was like an agent. Oh, okay. It's not like an award-winning show, but it was entertaining. Okay, but it was based on pro football. Based on pro football, yeah. Okay, great. And they had the, I think they actually had the real logos in it, too, because he played for Miami. I haven't seen the show in a while. He played for Miami. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. There was, Terrell Suggs was in it. I remember there was a lot of current and former players in the show. Okay. Um, Drew Petzing is now what the second most important person in Kyler Murray's career could you could you i mean this considering when he comes along as Kyler Murray's offensive coordinator Kyler coming off an injury coming yes. off the worst year of his pro career sort of a turning point is Kyler just is he going to be a good quarterback that can always make an electrifying play, but is never going to win anything of consequence in this league, or is he going to take the next step? Kyler Murray is obviously the most important person in that equation, but Drew Petzing is now right there in the middle of the mix, Wolf. Yeah, he is. Um, again, I, I have said this before, and I'll continue to say it. I do believe this is a still point moment in Kyler Murray's career. And the blending of the old and the new, the offense that Drew Petzing is going to bring in here, along with Jonathan Gannon, is going to be a determinant as to whether or not Kyler Murray is going to be successful to a point of winning Super Bowls. He's very, very talented. He's got to evolve that talent and learn the game all over again. This is something I continue to talk about. He's got to be willing to do it, to learn the game, fall in love with the game all over again, see it from a different perspective, not a shotgun perspective. It doesn't mean you don't use the shotgun. Are you kidding me? You use the shotgun predominantly. 
use the shotgun with Kyler Murray. But man, there's got to be a significant amount of snaps from under center. Well, that's why I thought it was interesting. Jonathan Gannon used the word significant. Yeah, I mean, two significant offenses. He said two significant offenses. He pointed out, and remember, Jonathan Gannon's defense defended the Cardinals last year, and I think he gave us some insight onto just what the view of the Cardinals' offense has been the last couple of years. When he said they 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 were in shotgun too much, essentially, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I think his words were actually stronger. Um, so now you know that. He wants his quarterback under center a little bit because he just flat out said it this weekend to Peter King. You know he brings in Drew Petzing. Those two know each other very well. It's yeah. not like Drew's going to come in and be like, nope, shotgun all the time. We're going to find out because it doesn't, it has never added up to me. Why, what do you always say about Cliff that he wasn't dogmatic? Why, yes. why there was this refusal to Go work that element center. of the offense in, yeah. I, I, yeah We're going to find about, out if it was the quarterback or not yes, this season. <laughs> yes, 20, 25, 30 snaps maybe. We'll, we'll see what it is, but I love this hire, Drew Petzing, as the offensive coordinator um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, the personnel groupings the Browns used last season and the plays they ran from those personnel groupings. That was number one. Number two, the words I heard from J.G., Jonathan Gannon, over the weekend about putting Kyler Murray under center more, about two significant offenses being run. It's the blending of the old and the new right there. But the Cleveland Browns, to me, did this as well as anybody else in the National Football League with Nick Chubb and putting their quarterback under center and allowing him to attack the line of scrimmage with tackle zone, a play he runs better than anybody else, I think, in the National Football League. Granted, I'll give you that. But still, the... The play action that comes off of that play, the bootleg and the waggle, which is just a bootleg to the weak side, that comes off of that play. The, the, the five to seven plays you can run off of that action right there is exactly what they need to do because it's not predicated. It's not predicated on tricking anybody. It's predicated on out-executing everybody. The um, we had Jake Trotter on earlier, who covers the uh, Browns for ESPN, and asked him what he thinks of Drew Petzing from his time there. Because remember, you know, Petzing was in a unique situation last year where they had Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback to start the year, but everybody knew Deshaun Watson was going to be the starter at some point. Well, it's not the same circumstances certainly here. And you're talking about an injury here instead of somebody getting in trouble off the field. But Kyler Murray's probably not starting. The, the beginning of next season. But when he's healthy, he's coming in and starting. So in that respect, Petzing has been in a similar situation. Now, it's not like the Browns were great last year, but Jake Trotter uh, gave us uh, his thoughts on just what he thinks of, of Petzing in this role now. Yeah, no, he was uh, the quarterback's coach in Cleveland for only one year. Uh, you know, Before that, he was coaching uh, tight ends. Uh, they made that move last offseason before they made the Deshaun Watson trade. So initially, it looked like Petzing was going to coach Baker Mayfield before they uh, moved 
moved on from him. Um, had kind of obviously a weird year, just like uh, the rest of the franchise did. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was top 10 in the NFL and QBR. Uh, now, Alex Van Pelt, who's the, the offensive coordinator, and Kevin Stefanski, who's the head coach and the play caller uh, offensively, are all in the room, you know, with the quarterbacks. But, um, you know, Petsing had a great reputation in, in Cleveland. He's a good guy. Uh, you know, just getting to know him a little bit uh, on the side as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting in that, you know, he is an unknown in terms of a play caller uh, and an offensive coordinator. But I think a guy uh, that, that's really well thought of, at least here, and one of the reasons why, you know, they moved him from tight ends to uh, offensive coordinator before last season. Look, Wolf, I'm, I'm nervous about this. you got three guys in jobs they've never had before. But the, the quote from Jonathan Gannon that we keep referencing, that is something solid that if you're a Cardinals fan, you can look at and say, that makes a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense why they weren't doing it in the past. That's at least something that's not, hey, this 29-year-old linebacker's coach is going to be an amazing defensive coordinator yeah. because I want him to be. Or this this guy who's never been an offensive coordinator is going to be amazing because I want him to be. There's some substance to what Jonathan Gannon is saying he wants to do with this group. Yeah, Drew Petzing is going to put the violence into practice. <laughs> okay, that's what's going to happen right here. Um, you know, we all know Jonathan Gannon, this is what he wants to do. He wants to be a much more physical team, and that's going to be the job of Drew Petzing and putting Kyler Murray under center more. This is something the Cleveland Browns know all about. They use two backs, two backs, over 20, 20% of the time. It was 22% of the time, to be specific. Um, that's not going to happen here, based on what Jonathan Gannon said to us last week. That's not going to happen here, but I'll take 12 personnel and punch you in the face in rundown situation. And then meta- metaphorically speaking, of course, we'll watch the blood run down your face after we play act you and then hit the drag behind you. I, this is just what has to happen and it's going to happen here. With Drew Petzing, this is what's got me jacked up. He's coming from an offense, the Cleveland Browns, that blend the old and the new as well as anybody in the league. Uh, more from Jake Trotter on Petzing. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody really liked Drew. Uh, you know, I think he was popular with, with the players and, and the coaching staff as well. And, uh, you know, I, I think he, you know, is a guy that has always come off to me as pretty sharp. He also mentioned in that interview he has a little bit of a connection to Baker Mayfield. And I don't know if this is going to play out and mean anything, but obviously Kyler has the connection to Baker Mayfield. I mean, I think at this point, any connection that the guys you're bringing in can make with Kyler is is something. But Look at you. I did not even think of that. Well, I only oh, thought God. of it because Jake Trotter brought it up. I, and I was mad at myself for not thinking of it sooner. But, uh, no, look, I, it's so much of this search for so many people, myself including, included, was who are you going to bring in that can get through to Kyler Murray? Maybe it's just going to be a totally different approach of, you know, maybe Kyler just likes this guy. Maybe he will listen Maybe maybe just the simple fact that they haven't been winning is going to weigh on Kyler to the point where he's like, I'm done losing. All right, that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.